Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. at 
medherb.com, M-E-D-H-E-R-B dot com. And he has an entire issue on willow and salicins and acetosalicylic acid, which we were talking about last week. Yes. So anybody who's interested and wants to do some some follow-up on that and wants to find out more about salicins and what's going on with them, I highly recommend Medical Herbalism by Paul Bergner and especially the issue that he has that focuses in on that. Also, I want to mention that there is actually a PDR for herbal medicines. Now, the PDR, the Physician's Desk Reference, is the book that sits on the physician's desk, and the physician is supposed to consult that when prescribing drugs. And the PDR for herbs preceded that. The last PDR for herbs was published in 1899, and then there was 100 years where there weren't any. Hmm. And then in 1999, the PDR for herbal medicines came back. And it's a pretty interesting book, and it is definitely geared for medical professionals. The plants are called drugs, and the information in the uh, beginning of the book uh, where it shows you the pictures of the herbs. Sometimes it shows you a picture that isn't actually the part of the plant that you're going to use. Um, but it can't be everything to everybody. And so that's okay. And it's from those people who do all of the PDRs. And um, you can find them at customer.service at M-E-D-E-C dot com. Customer dot service at M-E-D-E-C dot com. And that's for the P-D-R of herbs. And the P-D-R of herbs says that it is white willow, Salix alba, which is considered the medicinal one, but that other species can be used, and that it is primarily the bark, especially the young bark, that is to be used, and it specifies the bark of branches no more than three years old and no less than two, harvested during the early spring. And in addition to Salix alba, they list Salix purpurea, Salix fragilis, and other Salix species. So we can see that if you have any kind of willow, it's worth trying it out to see if you can make medicine of it. The efficacy of the drug, as I said, the plants are all referred to as drugs. The efficacy of the drug is due mainly to the salicin present. The salicin glycosides convert into the precursor of salicylic acid. And salicylic acid is antipyretic, antiphologistic, and analgesic. And, of course, you know what those words mean. They mean that they bring down fevers, they reduce muscle pain, and they help us altogether feel better in our bodies. 
White willow bark is the phytotherapeutic precursor to aspirin. The salicin component is responsible for its anti-inflammatory and fever-lowering effects. The tannin content of the bark has astringent properties, especially on mucous membranes. The Commission E of Germany approves white willow bark for use for people dealing with rheumatism and pain. They go on to say that the salicin in willow bark is useful in diseases accompanied by fever, headache, or pain. White willow bark is contraindicated in any patient that has a hypersensitivity to aspirin or salicylates. Salicylates should not be used in children with flu-like symptoms due to the association of salicylates with Ray's syndrome. So let me say it again. I said it last week, and it's part of what I meant when I said this is big medicine. White willow bark is an herb, but it is also actually contains the active compound in aspirin. So the things that you know about aspirin are actually completely true for white willow bark as well. Aspirin relieves pain. Yes, so does white willow bark. Aspirin reduces inflammation. Yes, so does white willow bark. Aspirin can cause internal bleeding. Yes, so can white willow bark. Aspirin can cause a really awful thing called Ray syndrome in children. Yes, so does white willow bark. So we're right here at the place where herbal medicine became pharmaceutical medicine. And we see that it wasn't some huge leap, but that the plant itself is, in this instance, correctly called a drug. No health hazards are known with proper administration, but stomach complaints can occur as a side effect. This is also true of aspirin. Due to the salicin component, caution should be exercised when using willow bark with any non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And then it goes on to list some specific things that have been seen in the literature. There are no reports of interactions with drugs that affect blood clotting times and some studies suggest that it is unlikely. Antiplatelet medications in any medication that prolongs the PT time should not be used with willow bark. Alcohol and barbiturates will mask the symptoms of salicylate overdose and enhance their toxicity. Patients with active gastric or duodenal ulcers should avoid white willow bark. Hemophiliacs or anyone with a bleeding disorder should not use white willow bark. White willow bark should be avoided by asthmatics and diabetics and those who are pregnant. Salicylates have been associated with rashes in breastfed infants, and use is not recommended for nursing mothers. As I said, this is the PDR. This is the Physician's Desk Reference. So we can see that Willow is a big-time thing. 
And now we're going to go to the other extreme, and we're going to look at Daniel Mormon's Native American ethnobotany. You remember that I sprained my wrist. Well, I almost re-injured my wrist getting this book down off the shelf. It must easily weigh five pounds. This is an absolutely enormous book, and his last name is M-O-E-R-M-A-N, Daniel Mormon. And he really did a fabulous job. And this book is, I hear, really just a fraction of uh, all that he did. And so let's see, View VW. We want to be before Z and before Y and E D U V Willow. Willow, there is no willow in here. Oh dear. Well, that just goes to show what happens when I don't look it up beforehand. So certainly there's willow. We have all kinds of salixes. I see them here. Hmm. I wonder where I would find it, though. Common names. Here we go. Oh, no. Still no. Page numbers. Is it all of the different nations that he talked about? Alrighty, then. Catalog of plants. Uh, so, so we're going to look under Salix. That's where we're going to find this. Quercus, there's the oaks. We'll be talking about those soon. And Rubus, those are raspberries. We'll be talking about those as well. Strangely enough, raspberries are considered to be uh, one of the trees of the 13 moons. Oh, my goodness, pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of Salix. I think the most interesting thing, one of the things that I like to do when I start looking at a plant in here is I look and I see how many species were used medicinally in North America. So we have Salix alba, which we've been talking about, the white willow, and the Cherokee used that. And then Salix amygdalodes, which is the peach leaf willow, and the Cheyenne used that. Salix arbusculoides, little tree willow, and the Eskimos used that. Salix babylonica. Oh, what a romantic name. That's weeping willow. And the Cherokee of that. Salix bebiana, the beeb willow, and the Cree and Woodlands tribes used that. Salix bone plandiana, red willow, and the Havasupe, and the Kawaiisu use that tribes of the desert southwest. Salix candida, sage leaf willow, the Meskwaki used that one. Salix caroliniana, the coastal plain willow, the Huma and the Seminole use that. Salix cordata, 
heartleaf willow, the malachite, the micmac, and the Thompsons use that one. Salix discolor, pussy willow, the Algonquins, the Blackfoot, the Iroquois, the Cree, the Ojibwe, the Potawatomi, Salix areocephala, Missouri River willow, by the Utes and the Lakotas, Salix exigua, sandbar willow, used by the Navajo, the Paiute, and the Zuni. Salix fragilis, the crack willow, used by the Ojibwe. Salix frutescens, Alaska bog willow, used by the Eskimos. Salix good dingy, good dingy, good dings willow, used by the Pima, the Yuma, the Mojave, the Kawila. Salix hinsiana. Hines willow, used by the Pomo, the Kashea, the Kawaisu, the Costanoan. Salix hookeriana, the dune willow, used by the Quailutes and the Makas. Salix humulus, prairie willow, used by the Cherokee, the Delaware, the Menemones, and the Mesquak. Salix tristis, used by the Catawbas. Salix interior, sandbar willow, used by the Iroquois, the Chippewa, the Potawatomi, the Cree. Salix irrorata, sandbar willow, used by the Apaches, the Zunis, and the Kiris. Salix lassiolepsis used by the Mendocinos, the Maywooks, the California Indians, and the Shoshone. Salex Laziolepsis, the tracery willow, used by the Deguernianos. Salex Lucita, shining willow, used by the Micmacs. And this continues on like this for pages and pages and pages and pages. What is our take-home point on this? It looks to me like every single willow is useful. Don't you think so? Yeah, or at least an awful lot of them. <laughs> and many different folks and many different um, uh, native tribes seem to all uh, find the use. We have from the, the people of the plains down to the desert desert southwest, the people in the northwest, the people of California, the Eskimos and Inuits up above the Arctic Circle, the uh, Ojibwe and the Iroquois um, in the northeast, the southeast people looks like all over. And this this book is just the native uses in North America. If I were to get out my Russian herbal, we know for sure that willow would be in there. It would be in the Chinese herbal. There is no place where willow grows that it is not a big, big medicine. One of the 
real medicines right outside your back door. Now, why might we take aspirin? Well, we said that we might take aspirin if we were in pain. That's certainly one of the reasons that many people take it. We might take aspirin if there was inflammation. So maybe pain and inflammation together would be a headache or a variety of other things, muscle pain, of course, pain from cold, pain from flu. Many people in my position with a sprained wrist would have been taking aspirin or some kind of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agent. But I have not even been using willow bark um, because I want to be very kind to my gastrointestinal system. So I use primarily skullcap tincture, a member of the mint family for pain mm. relief. Aspirin, of course, is primarily at this point taken by people who have been told that it will help prevent stroke and heart attack. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, and, too. Yeah, and it, it's said to do that because of its blood-thinning properties. Now, this, these blood-thinning properties do reduce the risk of stroke and heart attack. It's true. But that's also what causes that hidden internal bleeding, that occult internal bleeding which actually turns out to be a pretty big problem. Yeah. The people injure their gastrointestinal tract by taking not just aspirin, but other non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. And that damage is very hidden, and it can be permanent. Now, I'm all for anti-inflammatories. I'm all for living an anti-inflamed life. And for eating an anti-inflammatory diet, and actually there's a new study that just came out that looked at what they called the inflammatory value of certain foods. So things like hydrogenated fats are very inflammatory, and things like tomato sauce are anti-inflammatory. And they were able to actually look specifically at the diets of people diagnosed with cancer and the diets of people not diagnosed with cancer, and to see that people diagnosed with cancer have far more inflammatory foods in their diet. And that people who aren't being diagnosed with cancer are people who are eating anti-inflammatory foods. So I don't personally use willow bark. We're making a big fuss over willow and willow bark. And a big fuss has been made and will continue to be made. But I don't use it for the same reason that I don't use aspirin. Mm -hmm that I am aware that aspirin has benefits, but it also has a really severe downside as well. I thought some of the uses of willow were interesting. The um, use of the willow by the native people was not restricted just to its pain relieving, its anti-inflammatory and its anti-rheumatic actions, although everybody used it for those things as well. But they also used willow preferentially to build the sweat lodge. Oh. (laughs) Right, and all of the people who have a sweat lodge tradition, it's willow 
that is used to make the sweat lodge. Now, there are certainly places where there's a sweat lodge tradition, and they don't have willow. But where they have it, willow is the tree of choice for the sweat lodge. What would you call a kind of furniture made from willow? Wicker. Oh, oh, okay, yes. Right? Yeah. So wicker furniture is actually woven of willow. Hmm. Hmm. Now, do you think they used it for the sweat lodge because was it particularly good at keeping things in, meaning like, you know, was it kind of naturally just well insulated, you know, keeping the heat in a little better or something like that? No, because willow is flexible. Oh, okay. Last week, about how the willow grows up out of the earth and in the weeping willow arcs back to the earth. But all willow, especially when it's fresh and young and green, is extremely flexible. That's how we can make wicker furniture. That's how we can weave the wicker into that furniture. But willow itself actually came to be synonymous with flexibility, and that's what wicca means. To bend, right? To bend. So people say, oh, Wicca, is that the same as wicked? In a way it is, because somebody who's wicked is bent. (laughs) So we have, as always, the front side of the coin and the back side of the coin. Willow is a great drug. It's an actual drug. It has powerful physiological effects on the human body It relieves pain. It relieves arthritis. It relieves inflammation, headache. Wow, it's fabulous. And it helps prevent heart attack. It helps prevent strokes. And it causes internal bleeding. And that internal bleeding is hidden and we can't see it. So there's always the wicked and the willing when it comes to willow. There's the let me be flexible and bend, and there's the bentness of being wicked. Mm-hmm. So I I think that there is some of this in the sweat lodge. Primarily the willow was used because it's bendable. You can stick the butt end in the ground and bend it over and put the other end in the ground, and it will make a perfect arch. Mm. Try doing that with, say, an oak sapling. Right. <laughs> Not going to happen. Or an ash, that straight, strong, tall tree. Not going to happen. So willow is the the wicca, and it is indeed the wicket as well. In, right? In um, croquet. where you have a wicket that you knock the ball through, and that curved piece of wood was originally made of willow. Uh-huh, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> so we find that willow is used for skewers, for roasting sticks, for furniture, for backrests, 
for cradle boards for a great variety of things in addition to its medicinal uses. And we are getting very close to the end of our time tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought we would come back next week and spend yet another week with Willow. And we'll talk some more about the practical uses of Willow as well as some about the magical uses of Willow. I mentioned before that the Willow Wand is the beginner's wand. And this is because it's bendable. I remember a student who called me up and she said, I've done a terrible thing. I said, she was crying. I said, my goodness, what on earth have you done? She said, well, I was meditating with my crystal and I had a very bad thought about someone. And um, I, I was on the phone with her so I could smile and she couldn't see it. And I said to her, you really don't have to worry. She said, oh, but, but the crystal magnifies everything. And I had this bad thought. And I said, but it's okay because your power is not very strong yet. Mm-hmm. Your power didn't carry this thought very far away from you, even magnified. And so I think we use the willow wand for beginners because the willow wand doesn't send the power far out. The willow grows up from the earth and arcs back to the earth. So the practitioner of magic, who's a novice, has the willow wand so that the spell goes up and comes back and is grounded to earth. And any mistakes are easily taken care of. But more about that next week when we come back and talk more about willow. The Absolutely. Beautiful tree. We're starting to think about pussy willow for spring, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, and congratulations again on almost being done with your album. How exciting. I'm thrilled. Oh, yes. It's been a lot of work, some resources, everything else. <laughs> and it's... Um, I'm looking forward to it. We're still tweaking the final mixes, and then, but but the parts are done. You know, the the physical playing of the parts are done. Now it's all engineer kind of stuff, as well as including having it mastered by our friend Rave Tessar, who's actually a keyboard player for the band of Renaissance. I don't know if you remember that band. They had a a hit or two in the seventies. Um, ah. But um, he 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 became their keyboard player. He's blind, and he became their keyboard player in the 80s uh, and they still they're still around they have enough of a name they still tour Europe and stuff can't remember the girl's name the singer for that band but uh, they did a song Ocean Gypsy that Blackmore's Night re recovered uh, later on so uh, it's it's been a very interesting and fascinating experience and looking forward to having it out there <laughs> but thank right. you again yes awesome. <clears throat> We green blessings, everybody, and remember, herbal medicine is people's medicine. Absolutely. Thank you again, Susan. And there's links to find Susan's books attached to this show page. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Green Magic, Green Mess. And this is our good friend, Miss Kellyanna, with her song that we started it with, Blessed Are We. Blessed are we.
magic of dusk is upon us And blessed are we in the dark of the night As we slip into dreams that are calling Blessed are we